Kirai, and you're listening to For the. Listening to For the Lore, the podcast that delves into the craft of our favorite games, whether lore, gameplay, or even game design. Joining Roger from Wow Dogs, and for the lore is Joe, writer for World of Maticus, and Enrique of Spooncraft. Hello and welcome to For the Lore. This is Roger coming to you on Monday, the 12th of July. And with me, same as usual, we've got Joe as well as Vince. I almost said Enrique. Holy crap, should we redo it? <laughs> I was like, that close. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> don't know if that's an insult or just old man brain working. Uh, we, so, all miss, we all miss Rick. We do. We do. We are going to get a chance to... to hear from him more and uh, and read more of his stuff shortly because he's uh, things are settling down for him finally and we're all working on a new project of which he's going to be a part of as well. Just a little teaser there, not much more than that. So just to start the show off, I know you're dying to talk about this goddamn Dragon Quest that you've been playing, that you've been playing through the, the pre-show. So what are your first thoughts on it? All right. Well, just just as a preface, I want to read a little excerpt here from from the story <laughs> talking about how the Celestians are overseeing the world and that in order to bring about the blooming of the figs spelled with a Y, of course, the Celestians have long gathered benevolence, the crystallized gratitude of their mortal charges. Benevolence. We thought unobtainium sounded stupid. <laughs> <laughs> That being said, though, I mean, it's a lot of fun. It's typical Dragon Quest fare. Nothing too serious. It's just all about having a good time. Um, I've barely, barely started playing, honestly. But the the uh, the point of this game, as opposed to previous ones in the series, seems to be about the character creation. You don't really play as a character, per se. You're more of the typical, you know, speechless nobody of some of the older rpgs but you really get to craft your character from a gameplay's perspective like the character creator itself is pretty vast for a little ds rpg i mean it's got your typical akira toriyama character design so yeah you can make goku if you want uh, but it's got a lot of depth to it once you start leveling up uh, right now i only have access to the first class the minstrel but even there i can choose to level up his swords his staves his shield skill, you know, he has a lot of different attributes that I can apply points to that will then also carry forward into the farther classes that I get, such as warrior, martial artist, thief, mage, priest, all your traditional RPG sort of classes. Hey, so man, as you level up, am, yeah, am, it's, I, am I the only one who heard menstrual? No, no, you weren't. <laughs> <sighs> hey, man, it's not our fault. Learn to Did speak. Goddamn learn to English. speak. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Did I derail you there? <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. 
<laughs> so yeah, as you're leveling up, you can apply points to various weapon skills that, that can then apply to your other classes. For example, since a warrior and a thief can both use swords, if I level up as a warrior for a while, putting points into sword skill and decide I want to switch over to thief, I won't be completely handicapped like I'm starting off at level one again. So there seems to be a lot of depth to the RPG so far, but uh, we'll talk more about it as I get a little farther in. How about the gameplay, though? It's your typical turn-based gameplay attack, select the monster, and, you know, things play out on their own, which, again, is traditional for the Dragon Quest franchise. They don't try to be anything beyond that, although they do, for the first time, actually have the monsters present on the overmap, so no more random battles. Okay. Actually, I've been playing more of Puzzle Quest 2 now for uh, a little while since I picked it up. I've been playing it on uh, 360. And um, what I'm finding is that, sadly, the the questing portion like is, is terrible. Really, there's no nice way to say it. It friggin' sucks. And, like, again, I, I like that kind of stuff wherein it's... Um, I like the story in the first one. I like the way that it progressed as well. And I like the traveling through what is perceived to be a vast country kind of thing. Um, I kind of like that. And it added a lot more a Quest. lot more depth to the story as well, simply because it was so far reaching. So then you can appreciate that, you know, this danger. I, it, it all boils down to you're swapping tiles for Christ's sakes. But at least in the questing portion... Because you are seeing how much this is spreading and how it's affecting lands quite far and things like that, and as much of a pain in the ass as it is when you bump into things along the way, at least you can appreciate that, again, it's this is expansive. Whereas with this, it's it's a pain in the ass. There's no other way to say it. It really is not well designed at all. And then when you are, I don't know about the DS version, but the 360 version is really slow when you're moving your guy as well so mm. you select to go somewhere else and then you got to wait for the pop-up and then you got to wait for this and wait for this and it's it's very slow and clunky and you got to move the, the the and select like whether you're going say north sea south west or east kind of thing and then you you got to move the cursor with the the analog stick excuse Ooh. me to get there and it's really again it's very very clunky like we've yeah, done that's not We've gotten past this. This is this is not in this day and age. We this is not right. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely something that probably pay, plays better on the DS or the iPhone with the touch capability. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, I can see that because uh, on the um, on the 360, it's really just a pain in the ass, and it is. It's true. Like when when you're looking at some of the games that are out right now, I mean, you can compare it to Gyromancer, the new one that is a same kind of thing with a little questing story and whatnot with the puzzle thing afterwards. Um, Gyromancer did a much better job in terms of navigation of your questing and things like that. This is just really. I, I hate it. I hate those aspects of the game, which is too bad because I really did want to enjoy it, but I, I'm not enjoying them at all. The The actual gameplay itself is phenomenal. The changes that they've made once you're swapping dials is a blast, but until then, it's it's not fun. Yeah, like one major difference I'm noticing between the first and the second is like you said, with the expansive world, you're going all over the place. So, you know, one one minute you're fighting orcs, then you're fighting griffins and, you know, sieging a castle. Yeah. And this one, like right where I'm at right now, I'm fighting through this crypt full of undead and it's just zombie after zombie after zombie. Ooh, a ghoul. 
zombie oh. after zombie. Oh, I, oh, seriously. Well, the, and I hate, the, I hate the fucking zombies. They eat all my blue mana. <laughs> and then, like, I mean, look at the goblins too at the beginning. It's just, that's all you're hitting is freaking goblin after goblin after goblin. It's, it's again, it's not, it's not really original and it's certainly not epic in scope. Um, I mean, again, comparing it to the first one, when you are going to some of these faraway lands and you're fighting some of the bigger bosses and all that, it's like, freaking awesome this is just like yeah all right it's it's he's there all might as well fight him kind of thing the only thing that i have been liking though are the loot chests that's freaking cool that's fun that's yeah. a something new that's uh instead of just here's your loot that you won okay now you gotta you have to win it you have to actually perform certain combinations and whatnot to get loot and so you're you're planning ahead a lot more with your strategies when you're matching tiles because you lose them from the bottom but um but yeah that aspect is cool but other than that yeah i that the, the actual story behind it i have not been impressed at all so uh, moving on from there joe you've actually been playing some of leliana's song which is not really surprising because <laughs> you couldn't wait for that what are your thoughts on that one well, first of all, Liliana, if anybody missed, was one of my favorite characters from the original game. And, and How the could they have missed it? it? How they, I know. It comes know. up every podcast, even if we're not talking about Dragon Age. I, I, I'm sorry, <laughs> I have to say it. Um, but the DLC is actually very, very good. It is a fully, and, I, and I, I know we haven't been saying this more and more lately, it is a very cinematic type of DLC. It's not um, so much the RPG sort of strategy aspect of it, but it's very, very much a story being told. Even the opening sequence is her, uh, like recollecting the time, like her telling it as if it was a bard's tale. So that's really, really cool for me because when you first load it up, you feel like you are about to participate in her bard's tale. Um, it's very, very nice because it explains, um, uh, basically her mentor, uh, Marjolaine, um, and how they got to, uh, they got two Ferelden from Orlais and a, how exactly uh, everything started happening around her. Um, and it starts with this high risk mission that Liliana finds herself kind of entangled in and has to find her way out of, um, not just through subterfuge or stealth and her charm and beauty and wits. She's going to actually have to get her hands dirty and do things that she would rather not do. So you see this evolution of the character throughout the DLC as well. Um, now, of course, she's not alone. Uh, she does have a team with her because if you try to play any of the bend of this game alone later on, it just becomes absolutely ridiculous. Um, but she's accompanied by a dwarven warrior named Tug which absolutely is hilarious. Um, he is the the stereotypical sword and board meat shield. And there's an apostate mage named Sketch. So it's very much like Sam and and, and Twitch, uh, but Tug and Sketch. And the the back and forth they go is absolutely hilarious. Now, the, one of the funniest things that I've, I've encountered in the game is right in the opening sequence where Marjolaine uh, pounces on Liliana and there's have this you know, huge lesbian erotic moment. And you see Tug and Sketch just looking over with like these drooling mouths like, oh, yeah, <laughs> here's the good stuff. And you hear Tug even say, oh, you stopped way too soon. And it's absolutely hilarious. Um, it's it's a fairly short game as far as how much it's it's maybe couple hours worth of game time but for the seven dollars you pay for it it's like maybe three four hours it's good it's well worth it um and it tells you exactly how this character uh got to her current position with the church how she decided to change her life um and how she became to reflect upon the choices she made 
it's nice. It's very, very nice. And the path you take to get there is completely different. Like I'm going to play a second playthrough of it. I just be a complete and total asshole in every single response I pick. Um, but it's I don't know. I'm fairly impressed. And especially this late into uh, Dragon Age, it's nice to see content like this become available. Well worth the seven dollar price tag, in my opinion. Well, this is something they've said, too, with with all of their IPs, wherein they're going to be keeping them alive for a very long time. Um, the big news this week, of course, was the announcement of Dragon Age 2. I'm anticipating, because Dragon Age 2 is still not going to be out until next year, that we're probably still, not. I wouldn't even say probably, we're going to see more DLC for Origins um, oh, yeah. long before this, is, this comes out. But... Um, but yeah, no, the Dragon Age 2 was announced with some fairly huge changes um, from Origins. And actually, Vince, I'll let you go on that for a bit. Well, they have taken the Origins formula and thrown most of it out the window. Uh, from what they've shown of Dragon Age 2, it's going to play more like the Mass Effect style of RPG, where you're not going to be able to create your own character from scratch. Now you are actually playing a role of this human named Hawk, much like you play the role of Shepard in Mass Effect. Now you will get to customize Hawk pretty much however you want. So there are a lot of people kind of complaining about, you know, they're, they're losing a major aspect of Dragon Age, which I kind of agree with. Uh, personally, I probably would have preferred if the two franchises had had a little different way of telling their stories. But on the other hand, you can't argue that as amazing as Dragon Age was, at least for me, Mass Effect kind of grabbed me more because with one main character, you can really drive the narrative through that character instead of necessarily the characters around him. And having a voiced character, which you can't have when you have all these other possibilities, really makes a difference in the game. See, I actually I agree with what you were saying initially. I see. I like the fact that they had such a different way of gameplay for each of those IPs. Dragon Age was that that had its own style, as did Mass Effect, and then as would um, the Old Republic. So I liked that they were so completely different. And I'm not crazy about this, you know homogenizing it all into that same kind of Mass Effect gameplay. Not that I have anything against that gameplay. I loved it. I thought Mass Effect was phenomenal. Um, but I would have liked to, and I'm sure that it'll be fun with the Dragon Age IP as well. It'll give that IP a whole different way of being played. But I, again, I like that they were different. It, it, if I felt like playing that type of a game, I went to Dragon Age. If I felt like playing, you know, more of the first-person shooter kind of thing, then I went with Mass Effect. So, but... Well we, we have to keep in mind that the gameplay is still probably going to be vastly different. It's just the method of telling the story that's going to change. Which is a huge part of the story as well, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not arguing that. I, I would have preferred if they had kept it separately, but I can at least see the good side of the change as well. And, and I can see that, too. I, there's a lot of hope. And, and again, well, I, we've got a lot of faith in them as well, too, so I'm sure it will be interesting. Sorry, Joe? I, th I think it's going to be less important here than it was in Mass Effect. And the only reason I'm going to say that is because Dragon Age is still being set up to be very squad-based, but 
you control each individual member of your squad. So not only do you pick who comes on, but you get to pick what they're specialized in. And you, if you really feel like playing as them, uh, you can just pick them to play as for all the combat sequences and whatnot. Um, so it's not as important as, say, uh, like Mass Effect, where it was Shepard, but you didn't have, you had like minor control over the your two partners. You didn't really have like, I'm trying to think of how to phrase it. It wasn't as complex an involvement as you have with the same characters. So when you look at a game that that allows very or, or relies very heavily on your strategy with the players that you have in your party, it becomes more about the party in between the cutscenes than it does about anything else. And the cutscenes become more of a vehicle to uh, transfer the story along than anything else. So you still get that personal attachment, and that personal involvement with all the other characters. And maybe it'll be different than Dragon Age 1, but at the same point, one of my, my, my drawbacks with Dragon Age 1 is you picked a voice for your character when you first created it, but nothing was voiced aside from very random battle shouts. So I think it's going to create a more immersive gameplay through this sort of function. But that's just my two cents on it. And I'm not... And- I'm not arguing about the immerse, how immersive it'll be. That's for damn sure. Again, and if even if they went the entire same route as the Mass Effect um, games, then it would still be fun and all that. It's just, I don't know. It it still sounds like it's going to be geared more towards Mass Effect than the Dragon Age way of playing. And I liked that about Dragon Age, regardless of there not being quite as much voice from your own character and things like that. Well, it kind of helps that they've made Hawk a cool freaking character. I mean, the guy survived the blight on Lothering. As far as we know, the only person to get out of it alive. And he's become, well, he, she, however you choose, we'll go with he because I'm not a girl. Uh, <laughs> he survived. He became the the champion of this battle in Kirkwood. So at least they're building him up to be a powerful character instead of, you know, the rising from nothing that we saw in Dragon Age Origins. And it's going to be interesting, too, because it is a story that's going to span a decade. So it's going to be interesting to see how much time passes in between your gameplay and whatnot. Are we supposed to expect the same amount of hours of gameplay from this game where you're looking at, you know, anywhere from 60 to 80 hours sometimes? Uh, are we going to be expecting that same kind of thing? If so, then it'll be very interesting to see time progress in this game. Yeah, they said it's going to take place over the course of 10 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So your decisions, you're going to see more of it in real time as opposed to the epilogue of the game. Like, oh, OK, what happened now that everything's done? You're actually going to see your decisions progressing through the game a la Fable. And it's it's kind of cool how they're taking a character from an event that happened at the very beginning of Dragon Age Origins and flushing it out. I mean, he's a survivor of Lothring. You know, he's one of the few that got away. You know, if we don't know who else survived, you don't know much of anything else about there aside from, you know, if you decided to to save Sten. Um, But it's kind of interesting to see that as well, because how did he survive? What happens? Are we going to get to play through that? Are we going to get to play through his escape from Lothering? You know, I, I really can't wait. I really am excited for it. And it does come out in time for my birthday. So if anybody wants to give me a great birthday gift in February, by all means, I told, I'll, I'll buy it for yours and you can buy it for mine because mine's also that, in February. That works. So um, cool birthdays are in February. <laughs> I like too the fact that again, if you read the books, 
and you're you're familiar with all of the different areas that they take the story through that we're not just restricting we <laughs> they're not just restricting the story to uh Ferelden. it's actually going to be as I would assume, again, as more games are coming out and whatnot, you're seeing much more of the other countries, um, lands, whatever they want to call them, within that IP, which is very, very cool. And it'd also be kind of interesting to see if, you know, this being Bioware, the possibility of the events of the first game playing out in the background and maybe some of the choices you made coming into effect. Like, you know, uh, early on in the game, you know, you come across a wandering band of elves, but you come back a couple years later and they've been replaced by werewolves. Or, you know, if you made certain choices, maybe the, the dwarves are more open in it. So it, it definitely opens up a lot of interesting possibilities how the first game can affect the second game without it really being a direct sequel and see what i'd like to see with that is what they did with mass effect wherein they allow you to import your save game into this so that whatever the choices that you made like you're saying they'll be reflected in some way in this one as well so as he's going through his journey if there's news of what's going on it's going to be how you played out the game but I don't know if they're going to be doing something like that. They haven't announced that. But we if have a long way to go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Although, well, even then, I mean, February, that's that's not that far, really. For it's closer than the Old Republic. Yeah. True. <laughs> yeah, true. true. <laughs> um, if anything's going to make me put down uh, Cataclysm long enough to play another game, it will definitely be DA2. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is sink your teeth in and not get out of bed and just play for days and days kind of game. Um, let's talk a little bit more about Guild Wars 2 as well, because we got some more news about them as well. Um, they're doing a really good job again with their blog entries where they're giving us information about uh, what's going on and how it's progressing and whatnot. And the new thing that they were talking about now is about their death mechanics in the game, as well as healing. So mm -hmm. we'll talk about healing first and then go into the death mechanics, because I want to get you guys' opinion on, on that. The healing is very interesting in this game because there's not going to be any dedicated healer. You're basically going to be healing yourself. And what they've said as well, too, is that wherein you may have thought, like when I was reading about that, I was thinking, okay, well, what's going to wind up happening is that they're going to pick one person and say, okay, you're the one that's going to be in charge for healing and we're just going to own face. But what they said immediately was you're not going to be able to do that because heals will be more effective when you are healing yourself if you heal somebody else the heal won't be as powerful which means then again everybody's gonna be no heal yourself buddy you're dying heal yourself and i don't know how you guys feel about that whether it's a, a good thing because again they're they're also kind of doing away with tanks as well it's going to be more about just everybody hitting the creature to to have a fair shake at it intrigue is the best thing that comes to mind here because it's an entirely different way to play a game and in general a genre that we've been used to for how long i mean even pen and paper dnd we have a debt you know who the healer is it's always going to be the cleric or the paladin you you know exactly who's going to be the one that's keeping everybody alive you know who the tanks are it's going to be that warrior standing on the front lines but here it's the lines are blurring to a point where it's like 
it's going to create a very interesting and dynamic gameplay. And I want to see how it plays out because cooperation in MMO is, is one of those things that you don't hear too much about. And when you do, it's usually this rare occurrence that everybody goes, oh my God, somebody actually cooperated. I mean, look at the, the pugs and the dungeon system and wow, how many more times we had a fail group than the one that actually worked together. Um, this is going to force people to work together. So I don't know. I don't know. It's it's it could create interesting dynamics for like later on in the game system. But for me, it's one of those things. I'm just intrigued. I'm intrigued to see what it happens with it. I want to see how it works. Vince. Well, everybody that plays MMOs has their preferred role. You guys like to heal. Some people like to tank. Me personally, you know, I'm a backbreaker. I'm a face melter. I just love doing DPS. So. The last time I played a healer, I think I got my white mage to level 13 in Final Fantasy 11, and I haven't looked at the entire archetype since. It's just not my thing. And I absolutely love that one quote they had about how healing is reactive instead of proactive. While to an extent you do have to be slightly proactive, at least know what's coming up, you really can't do anything until it's already happened. And I just absolutely love that line. Healing is for when you're already losing. <laughs> and that's 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 my mentality when it comes to these games. I'd rather be there acting towards winning instead of trying to prevent losing. So it's going to it's going to be a lot of fun, at least for me. I actually am all for it uh, for a bunch of reasons, not the least of which is that. I think we are going to have enough games coming out wherein if you want to play, if you if you're in the mood to heal, the game will be there for you. I mean, look at, I can't wait to heal in Terra. My God, I can't say this often enough. I simply cannot wait to be healing in that game. So then if I'm playing another game, then it'll be to fill another need that, okay, I feel like playing this tonight kind of thing. Um, the beauty of Guild Wars versus others, because I can imagine people are saying, yeah, but we can't all afford to have how many memberships. Guild Wars, you won't need a membership. It, it, or you won't need to pay, I should say, for your membership. So that's a, a you're just paying for the game once, and then you can play whenever the hell you want. So that's the beauty of that game. That if you just feel like going and having this, you know, epic all-out fight with whatever, then you can do that without having to feel like it's your only MMO, so you can only fill one role. And then again, it's going to make it so that it's far easier to get into groups, like they were saying, because you're not looking for a healer waiting forever for a healer you're not waiting for a tank just whoever shows up you all go together and just go and have fun to me that's it's again that fun it's much more of a let's play to have fun and not worry so much about archaic mechanics that have been in mmos forever it i don't know it's it's going to be less for me, it just seems like it's shaping up to be a less hardcore of a game that way. So it's a lot easier to to pick up and jump in and have fun with your friends. And we've been talking about that for a few weeks now, where it's just some of these games are really nice to pick up, hop in, play with a little while for your friends, and then jump out and not feel like you have this insane obligation. I mean, for me and the other games where I'm a dedicated healer, I mean, I feel an obligation to show up for the raids. I feel an obligation to to help out groups when you know they're short a healer and absolutely need a healer to get something done. Whereas here, it's just like, eh, I don't feel like playing you guys will be fine without me not a big deal you know so it's 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 going to create an interesting niche for the game 
And I think that's good. I don't, I, I personally, and I understand where you're coming from, but for someone who has, again, for, and, and like, there's a lot of us in this boat, you know, you, you work full time, you have a family, you have kids, you have other things that you want to do as well. A game that you can bounce into and not have to feel like you have to bounce in, but rather that you want to bounce in and play. To me, that's huge. And in terms of how epic the game is versus something that epic or hardcore um how epic it feels i think that guild wars has more than proven that you can have a truly epic feel in a game without you having to be a hardcore type player so i i'm really intrigued by this and and, and looking forward to, to giving it a shot and perfect yeah. for the price point too yeah yeah, because the thing about Guild Wars, you know, MMOs have been around for quite a while now. And even though we've seen sequels and, you know, renovations and further furthering of the genre, we really haven't seen a lot of innovation, which is what's coming around the corner with the older public and their storytelling and Terra with their completely overhauling the gameplay system. So Guild Wars is taking a completely different approach with it and is saying, OK, you know, we're not going to overhaul the existing system. We're just going to throw the existing system out. So we, we, we have on the horizon different types of games coming up, Yeah, like you said, just for depending on what you want to play at the time. And I love it. What I like, too, is how they were talking about how they're not they don't feel like they have to only look to MMOs to see what has been done and do that. But they're looking at different types of games as well, different genres and seeing different mechanics that are in those that perhaps they could incorporate it into an MMO. Case in point, the death mechanic. So now what they've decided to do with the death mechanic is that it's going to be way different than what we're used to. And it's going to be very much by the sound of it, like something that we saw in Borderlands, wherein you get that second wind opportunity if you can get your the mob down before a timer goes off. And then from there, everybody's going to be able to revive. Woohoo! That's awesome! Okay. <laughs> but if you're playing solo, then you're basically back to a waypoint of sorts and it's going to cost you, um, which is also going to encourage you playing with other people by the sound of it. But I think that's fantastic and much more of a um, keeping you in the action, keeping you in the center of it. No, there's not going to be as much of a consequence to death um, like we've seen in other games, but I think there's still enough of a consequence. I liked the way that the second win worked in Borderlands. I really did. It made you go all out when you were about to die, and it still made you be careful because... It's not like even during that phase out moment that you were necessarily going to kill the mob anyways. So it's not like you were, you know, guaranteed to that second wind. So you were still careful. And I'm assuming the same thing will hold true with this. Yeah, you'll get some of those potentially epic scenarios where you have your group. And whereas, you know, before everybody just started dropping and we're like, well, that's it. Now you actually have that dedication to keep going even when things are looking rough i mean i can't wait for a period where you know the tank goes down but he's still swinging his sword trying to trying to keep the the enemy away from the healer or you know the mage is laying on their back trying to bind them so it it could potentially lead to some much more epic gameplay well and that that's just a too epic gameplay 
I mean, you hear about that in every novel you read where it's like that last ditch effort, that last ditch, uh, you know, fighting chance, fighting, you know, not, not giving up the fight on your way down to the ground, you know, before the heart's pierced, you know, just going up balls to the wall, trying to, to save your friends or buy them time. And uh, to see that implemented in a game is kind of kind of fun, actually, because it's just the, that's kind of what I always imagined my hero doing, not just like falling over, but, you know, the last bit of, of health. I'm at that one hit point, just doing everything I possibly can to 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 finish the mission. Oh, so, I yeah. mean, it's just, you know, and that's it just it feels more movie esque in that regard. Well, so. that's the thing with Borderlands too. say what you will about the game. If you oh, yeah. were in a moment where you were phased out because you've been essentially for all intents and purposes killed and you're fighting right to the end and you're literally about to run out of time and you kill the mob and you get your second win there's times when I wanted to jump out of my chair <laughs> like especially when it's an an all balls out fight like I had some of these with a buddy of mine and it, it was funnier than hell because again you got one guy that's down and then the other guy boom down again but you're both working towards your second win and if you can pull it off it is friggin' epic it feels fantastic and because I prefer again the, the fantasy type RPG kind of thing so put that into this kind of mechanic um, and IP and that would be a lot of fun. So uh, what else did they talk about this week? They talked about also stuff that you're going to be able to do when you don't feel like going out and doing the epic bullshit and killing dragons and whatnot. There's a lot of stuff going on where they're creating a whole bunch of different mini games and parties and different things like that that you're going to be able to do within the game as well. And they're talking about how some of these will they're, they're looking at different rewards, achievements, and things like that for those and how whatever achievements or rewards or whatever you get from those games will then be impacted in how the NPCs talk to you and whatnot, which I think is pretty cool. And it's a nice little diversion. If you don't feel like going out and hunting a dragon or whatever, you can just go and fool around and play some pub games, essentially. It's an interesting addition. I don't know how I feel about it quite yet. Um, I would like to see how, you know, how much fun it is or, or how much of a distraction it is. Um, because, I mean, don't forget, we have all these things that people play other games for that, that it was never intended for. So I'm kind of curious to see if this is something that people just pick up the game and that will be their like their main focus is all these mini games. Um, I mean, look at Red Dead Redemption. I mean, there's there's a ton of people that sit there and play like the horseshoes and uh, the poker and things in like, and, and Liar's Dice. Uh more so than they actually play the game. So it'll be kind of interesting to see those people sort of brought over into our, our MMO, uh, I guess, melting pot. <laughs> the <laughs> thing, the best way to put it at this point. The thing too is because you're not paying, you don't have to feel like you're wasting your time if you're doing that. Um, I equate it to the pub games in Fable 2. And... I played a ton of those. They were well done. The games were fun, even though, like, especially the, the card games and stuff were fantastic. They were really innovative, fun little games that you could sit down and you could bet on with money from that you earned within the game. And then if you won, well, you, you had more money. And if you lost, well, you lost a bunch. And to me, something like that adds an extra bit of depth to that world where you know you can gamble your money if you want um or you can do whatever other little mini games they're, they're planning on doing and in some sometimes it's just fun yeah i think it's kind of a, a smart move on arena net's part as if they they've come to terms with the fact that they're going to be the other game whether you play world of warcraft final fantasy 14 terra old republic whatever guild wars is for 
almost everybody going to be the other game, the game they hop into when they're not playing, you know, their primary game, the game they pay for. So adding in, there's all this other stuff to do on the side. It's really trying to get players to keep themselves in the world instead of just popping in, uh, doing a couple quests. I'm like, all right, I'm out of here. I got a raid coming up in Cataclysm. It gives the players a reason to stick around. Yeah, they're also talking a little bit. Uh, we found out that they're planning like their dungeons to be a maximum of five players. So you're not mm-hmm. going to have to be waiting for huge groups to be able to do some of the harder stuff. I like that. I like that a lot. And having seen again what they did with the first Guild Wars, where in the the like, if you did either of you guys actually finish the the game yet? No, no. Okay. Um, when you get to the end of, we'll pick Nightfall. When you get to the end of Nightfall, you can pull it off with either a group or you can pull it off with yourself and some some lackeys, essentially. Um, but it is friggin' epic. Like, it is amazing. The end of that game, I took crap loads of screenshots as I was there and I... I had an unbelievable time and it proved that you can have a small group of, in this case, you know, five players kind of thing. And it still have make you feel like you participated in something that was truly epic. Knowing that I've got complete faith in them with this, that they'll be able to pull off the same. Yeah, I'll take your word for it. Same here. <laughs> I, 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 I've seen enough of the first Guild Wars to uh, feel they're capable with it. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay, we're going to take a short break and uh, refill our drinks, and then we're going to come back. We've got some uh, Old Republic news as well as some other stuff. All righty. First off, I want to tell you I enjoyed the pizza. Well, it really wasn't great, but it allowed me to meet you. I'd like your number, but I'm not going to leave a big tip to get. That means he's cheap and pathetic, and if you date him, you'll regret it. 23% from me communicates. I'm generous, not desperate, and I can calculate. Is she supposed to be impressed? Well, if you want a battle, be my guest. I'm a computer programmer in a cubicle dweller. I disabled spell check because I'm a stellar speller. When I write an email that includes an attachment, I never hit send before I've attached it. Your job is a bore. I keep it hardcore, selling knives and insurance from door to door. You're reflecting on a water cooler conversation. I'm giving an incredible knife demonstration. May I interest you in some accidental death coverage or a hard-boiled egg slicer? I can change a computer wallpaper to a tropical beach scene. Egg slicer. I carpool because I'm environmentally sensitive. I pack a snorkel because I'm clever and so inventive. It's invented. Inventive isn't a word. Yeah, I just invented it. You just got served. Well, when I carpool, I take a group of third graders. On my way to work, I teach a multiplication table. See, I'm a role model. An example to the youth. Then why did this kid just tell me that one times one is two? At the gym, people line up just to give me a spot. All eyes on me when I'm popping the squat. My career plan B is to teach me E. The model on the machine, he's based on me. I've mastered the art of mental manipulation. Working every muscle group through meditation. This is me working out my triceps. Pick up my DVD called Mind Reps. My sense of style is sweet like syrup. It's not uncommon for people to think I'm from Europe. I don't follow the trends. I'm a style pioneer. See this turtleneck with a necklace you'll be wearing this next year.
Is that all you got? Nope. I see buttons, I just push them to see what they do. If something were to go wrong, I'd just blame it on you. I'm quick-witted, I always know just what to say. Then say something clever. Uh, okay. I was offered a record deal while singing at a karaoke bar. But I turned it down and became the president's karaoke czar. I rescued a dolphin entangled in a tuna net. And donated it to an orphanage to keep as a pet. I gave the Heimlich to a horse choking on beef jerky. Two hours later, he won the Kentucky Derby. I'm allergic to nothing. I'm allergic to weakness. I embrace my weaknesses and call them uniquenesses. I can drive a stick shift. Well, I can golf. Well, I can make it look like my thumb is coming off. I invented the half Nelson. I invented the full Nelson. I've got a signed picture with Boris Yeltsin. My uncle is a lawyer. I roll my own sushi. I use the metric system exclusively. I know Morse code. Well, I can speak it. You just said that the square root of raspberry should be legalized. Exactly. All right, and we're back. Well, let's touch on some old Republic news. Again, it's the same old thing with Bioware. They they really keep that information train going. And now they have started with the comic for the Old Republic. They've been talking about that for a little while. And it is going to be something that is going to allow you to get a really good grasp of that timeline as it is different than any that they've done so far. So I don't know. Are you planning on picking this up, Vince? Well, this issue, no, because it's actually available legally for free online at the Bioware website. Is it really? Yeah. I didn't even know that. We actually (gasps) talked about it a few weeks ago. I, I don't think Joe was here, but you and I talked about it. Yeah. You must know by now. I don't listen to everything you say. You were talking anything. too. I know you listen to yourself. <laughs> okay, maybe I was thinking of something else though. I, I they've got a couple of comics going on right now. They've got the web yeah. comic going on, but then I thought this was going to be a separate entity from that. Well, I think they only put the first issue online. I, I'd have to look more into that, but I know I have read this already. Really now? Mm-hmm. Okay, well then, yeah, see, I'm on it right now. This is different than the other one. So there, I'm vindicated, all right? All right I, well, maybe I, when we were talking about the other one, I went back and read this one. Right, because I, the other one I thought was, well, I, I didn't think. It was a, a completely separate thing from this. So, yeah, no, you obviously, folks, so I'm going to put I'll put the link in the show notes, okay? But, yeah, you, I'm flipping through it right now for people watching so you can read the whole thing right there, which is kind of awesome, actually. But if but, you want to uh, own it because it's number one, you'll have to go buy it. Yeah, just to touch on it quickly, like as a comic guy, I didn't particularly care for this. Uh, the pacing is pretty quick. Like a lot of stuff is left out. Like at, at, at what I was thinking originally was that the one we saw online was more of a preview and then it was all going to be elaborated on the paper uh, newsstand edition. But that's not true, at least from the first issue. Uh Personally, I'm not that crazy about the art style, but again, that's a preference. Um, yeah, but you're correct. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it, it's not up to the standards of the industry right now, but then again, it's a second-tier publisher. So, you, you Is it being published work. through uh, EA like the other ones? It's being published through Dark Horse, the same oh, uh, okay. publisher who's done all the other Star Wars comics. Okay, because the Dragon Age is being uh, published by e- was it Dragon Age or Mass Effect is being done by EA? One well, of those. I'm not sure, but the Arc Dragon Age was phenomenal. Oh God, yeah, yeah, it is. But yeah, just uh, I have some issues with the story pacing. I'm not sure if I'll be picking this up in the future uh, with this exact issue. I don't know if I can really recommend three dollars to buy something 
like I said, you can legally see for free online. Um, it's just, it just misses on some key points as a comic. Well, I found the same thing too with, um, again, I don't know if they're employing the same writers within, um, Bioware or if they're getting actual comic writers, you would know better than me. I didn't really look that much into it because I find that not all the stories are as well written. Like Mass Effect did still bounce around a lot. I enjoyed it and it was, it was still well done, but it certainly bounced around at times and it didn't feel as natural. Same with Dragon Age. It doesn't bounce around, but it's very, very short. Well, I shouldn't say it doesn't bounce around. It still kind of does, but it's very, it's, it's, it's not spread out enough. Well, with Mass Effect, I think that was more an issue of it being it was four issue miniseries, correct? Yep. These are four or six. So they had they had a story to tell and a set amount of time to tell it in. And then at least with Dragon Age, it seems like they're kind of skipping through the unimportant parts to get to the good story because that's you know going to be a slightly longer book from what I've seen. But just this one, it's just it's so scattered. I. I had trouble keeping up with it. I, I didn't know what the heck was going on half the time the first time I read through it online. Okay. Well, I'll, I'm going to read it and then we can maybe talk about it in a little bit more next week or, or we'll see. But uh, yeah, so I'll make sure to put the show, uh, the link in the show notes, folks, and you can uh, check it out yourselves and let us know what you think as well. Um, there was a very brief interview with, uh, what's his name, Daniel Erickson, um, in regards to the, um, he's the lead studio writer, uh, The Old Republic. And it, I mean, it's only a quote, but it was interesting how he was saying that if you are a fan of the questing that they have in their other IPs, you're absolutely going to adore the questing in the Old Republic. But if you don't like that type of questing, um, if you prefer, in their words, the complete Disney experience, then, <laughs> then they're saying this is not going to be for you. And it's funny because I've been speaking to people who are not as interested in this game because of the questing which blows my mind to me that's revolutionary and yet there's some people <coughs> rick who uh, <laughs> have no it's use exactly for that kind. yeah of. have no use for that kind of stuff. it blows my mind yeah there's there's a huge market of people out there you know the warcraft players that just don't like the the story driven type rpgs like dragon age and the old republic that we're seeing so it's nice that they're coming out you know ahead and saying hey 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 if you don't like reading don't don't buy our game. We don't want to listen to you bitching on the forum because there's too much of the game. <laughs> well, this here is it's it's even you're not even have to gonna read, it's gonna be all voice acted. Um but to me again, it's an MMORPG. It's an RPG. How can you not want that RPG element in there? If you don't want it, go play a freaking shooter or something. But uh but anyways, but don't that play was mass <laughs> Yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> or play it like Rick and just skip through all the dialogue. <laughs> I actually knew a guy who huge shooter nut, and he picked up the first Mass Effect, you know, not long after it came out. He took it back to GameStop the same day. He's like, there's too much talking, man. I'm like, seriously? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, we got uh, some information, too, in, uh, from to do, to do this Darth Hater dot com site in regards to their hands-on impressions from e3 and as opposed to some of the other ones we've seen this was hands-on impressions on all of the classes which was fairly not interesting just, not just classes but artificial intelligence as well yeah that as well which was very cool so you did actually read some of it is what you're saying 
No, I did read it. I just wasn't prepared to leave the segment. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Vince, however, is. So, Vince, I'll let you take it away. All right. Yeah. So they had uh, extensive hands-on with all the various classes and a couple different players involved with it. Uh, the first thing they talked about was the UI. You know, it's standard MMORPG stuff, nothing revolutionary there. But what I'd like to get into is some of the uh, the class mechanics that I really found that were interesting, starting off with the trooper. Like we saw in the video was it last week, the week before? The trooper is, you know, your ranged tank character. So he is nigh invulnerable in his big ass armor. But the thing I like is cool is he doesn't have your traditional energy or mana resource. He actually uses ammo. And mm -hmm. the more powerful shots that he has use up more ammo. So if you use up your ammo, you have to stop fighting to actually reload your gun, which I think is a cool mechanic. And they've shown that the various classes ha have some of their different mechanics like that. The uh, the Sith warrior, he uses rage, I would assume, similar to what we've seen in uh, Warcraft with the warrior there. And the bounty hunter, that was so awesome. The bounty hunter actually has to manage his heat. If yes. you're using a flamethrower and a rocket launcher, your arm's going to melt off if you don't watch it. <laughs> so I think that's <laughs> pretty cool. Uh, the one other thing that really stood out with me is, again, we talked previously about how the bounty hunter and the Republic trooper are going to play totally different, even though they're essentially the analogs to each other on the opposite sides. And I saw some of that with the Imperial agent and the smuggler. They're showing the Imperial agent and, you know, he prefers a sniper rifle and he's all about precise strikes. Like he can't do a whole lot of skills at one time. But, you know, if you can kill the guy in one shot, you don't need a lot. Whereas the smuggler brings that cool bag of tricks to the table. You know, he's not about, you know, the precision. It's it's your hand solo you know, firing blind, throwing grenades, kicking guys on the nuts. He, he just has more available to him. So it's like, like I said before, it's really great to see that these classes that by design are very similar are also completely unique. So if you want to play, you know, if you like the cover based mechanic of the smuggler and you want to try out something on the Imperial side or the Sith side, you know, OK, you'll try out the cover based one there and it won't be exactly the same. It won't be like rolling an orc hunter and then a dwarf hunter, which is essentially the same thing. Just, you know, a different color of your skin. Uh, anything else you guys saw about the classes? Well, honestly, I just I like the uniqueness that each one had. Like you said, it just it felt so cool to see so so much different gameplay between them because i mean right now in a lot of the mmos we play uh we can pick up another class and it's not that difficult to get the basics down whereas like stuff like this where they're discovering that they had a uh, alter rotations between them uh like the bounty hunter with the the, the increasing the the ability or using the ability vent heat was kind of huge i mean having to work something like that in your your rotation is interesting because it adds another dynamic to the gameplay that you're not going to see when you're playing that trooper so it's a completely different experience and i mean it's just it's cool to see how much they're putting into each class but not only that but if you notice each breakdown had a uh, uh each class had a breakdown between in cover and out of cover which was awesome the differences between uh the tactical gameplay of having to use cover a line of sight and abilities that only worked from you know behind cover versus out in the open combat uh you see some of these classes just cannot go toe-to-toe -to -toe in like you know uh, for very long smuggler is a great example you can't run and gun like you really would you have to be very cognizant of your environment you want to be using cover you want to be very tactically minded when you're using it as opposed to the sith warrior which can just go you know balls to the wall charge in uh very up in your face so it's 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 interesting i like that i mean 
say what you will about WoW, and I mean, we've all played it and all love various aspects of it and all that, but a lot of the aspects of each class are still very similar. Yes, it's very different to play different classes and all that, of course. But I mean, there's some aspects of it when you're in the middle of a raid and you're pressing three keys to do, you know, three functions, whether you're shooting an arrow or a bullet or you're casting a fireball or, you know, a, 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 some other spell or whatever, it's still the same kind of thing. This to me feels like it's going to be way different playing each class. And mm -hmm. because of that extra layer of depth, where you're going to have to be careful because of those differences and keep an eye on different aspects of your class, it's really going to solidify that class that, you know, if that's your favorite, there's a reason why. It's not just that your guy shoots an arrow versus an ice bolt kind of thing. Yeah. One other thing that they uh, touched on that Joe mentioned is the AI in the game, which is something we haven't seen previously. At least I haven't. And the first thing they talked about was the new aggro mechanic they're putting in. Now, uh, you know, as MMO players, we're used to the thing either aggro's you or it doesn't. Whereas in this game, they've added in a third type called their aware, where if you get close enough, they'll pay attention to what you're doing. You know, they might not be aggressive, but, you know, if you make the wrong move, they'll attack, which is pretty cool. And then also tying into the AI, once the battle does start, if you're facing at least humanoids, they said the battle is going to play out pretty dynamically depending on what's available if they you have a couple of smugglers facing off against the sith warrior they're not dumb enough to come charging at the guy they're going to look for cover if there's no cover they're going to run away and get their stronger friends so i think that's really cool that even if the gameplay as we've seen might be more traditional the battles themselves are going to play out more dynamically there's no hey shoot that guy draw him over here no you shoot that guy and he's gonna stay where he is because he likes his hiding place <laughs> well i think that this really has proved that the guys at bioware have played probably as many mmos as the rest of us have <laughs> you know it's just when you're playing wow it's just like the ai it's predictable everything has a path everything has you know a certain limit to what it can do and here i can try i don't know what this group is going to do i mean they were talking about um in one encounter some of the mobs were actually jumping up on boxes trying to juke you know away from the targeting and it's like that's huge i mean how many times you're just wailing on like a cobalt and just, it just sits there doesn't try anything funny you know this it's like fuck this shit i'm getting out to dodge oh here's a box hiding screw you uh, oh oh running zigzag pattern can't shoot me haha -ha. you know i mean it's 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 interesting because it's going to force you to adapt uh in the game in real time and i think that level of ai is welcome at this point uh compared to what we've normally seen i want to have this threat i want to be able to say well crap if i don't kill this guy he's going to go get his friends and i'm going to get overwhelmed or you know i really have to think about how i'm going to approach this and it's it's very cool in that regard. It's also very cool about that whole the aggro looking at you in safe zone that that chart that they have the three concentric rings um, was nice because different characters like a smuggler could be a cocky bastard and walk through that looking at you range nonchalantly and get away without a fight. You know, whereas um, the imperial agent may accidentally step into that looking at you zone, make a wrong move, and the next thing you know he's just getting bum rushed. You know, so I mean it's 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 interesting to see how. Uh, they have sort of uh, ways that they react to you. And from a coding standpoint, that's fucking phenomenal. And let me tell you how hard it is to look at a line of code to get something to walk five feet to the right and five feet to the left on a path. 
Oh my God. <laughs> Let me tell you how much split in that. I can, I can only begin to imagine how much shit they've had to do, uh, to, to, to get this. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, no, everything that we're, we're hearing here, again, it's one of those where it's making sense how long the ta- the game is taking to, to create because they're not putting out just the same old what we've always seen. Some of this stuff is way advanced. Some of the stuff is very cool in terms of, again, the, the, the AI that we're seeing here is fairly impressive. I, you guys have said it all, but it was very impressive. And I like the fact that, again, it's going to be, it's going to be something where when you're in, if you're playing by yourself, especially kind of thing, it's going to feel much more immersive. When you're in WoW and you know the pattern, the walk patterns, the attack patterns of every mob you go in, it takes you out of that world kind of thing and it's not nearly as immersive. So from everything that we're reading here, you're going to be sucked into this world like crazy. So let's move away from um, Star Wars now and touch a little bit on Dead Space. Now, I'm assuming, Vince, you're the one that put this in the show notes? Yes, that would be me. Go We've for it. seen a, an announcement of an upcoming game called Dead Space Ignition. It's going mm-hmm. to be a downloadable game for Xbox Live Arcade and PlayStation Network. And as they described it, it is a choose-your-own-adventure comic experience. Now, anybody that knows me and knows what I've done in the past, there are probably not four more words that you could say to get me more interested in your game than choose your own adventure. <laughs> this, it's, it's just a gameplay style I love. Yeah, it's one of the reasons why I love so many Bioware games. And as they've said that, you know, as you're playing through this experience it's not going to be your dead space style shooter they said it's going to have like some hacking mini games and stuff it's going to be mostly a cinematic experience which is a term i've looked down upon previously but at least in this setting i think it'd be okay i wouldn't mind it and you can lead to four different endings in this prequel and the various endings are actually going to unlock extra gear and goodies once you start playing Dead Space 2. So I see I, it seems like it's going to be a really cool way to lead into the game that I'm at least uh, heavily anticipating. Yeah, I, I I loved Dead Space 1. I thought it was creepy. I thought it was fantastic. And I've been waiting for Dead Space 2 uh, since I knew it was coming. I finished Dead Space 1 and was, I knew Dead Space 2 was coming. Just had that feeling deep in my bones. Um, but this, this is just awesome. Talk about a way to get players hooked into your universe, but not only get them hooked, but get new players all the information they need in order to jump into the second game without having to go through the first game. I mean, how many times have we played a game where uh, you play the second one or the second one's coming out, the first one you may not have had a chance to play, but you have to play the first one to know what's going on in the second one. There's been way too many of those. This bridges that gap, and while you know the first game is definitely worth playing sometimes you just don't have the time but playing a a newer game uh that will be available for download so it's easy to consume um is just really really nice it opens up a whole new possibilities of you know i don't know it's just it's just it's nice it really really is nice i'm disappointed though that this isn't going to be for pc as well um, I actually have Dead Space on Steam, and I, if I'm picking up two, I'm going to pick it up. I was going to pick it up on Steam. Um, I would have liked to have seen this available on online so that we could get it on PC as well. But they're not putting it the bastards. <laughs> <laughs> that really surprised you. No. 
does it really surprise you at this point that that a big publisher is completely ignoring a massive part of the market? Yeah. No, it doesn't. I, I, I get pissed off when people aren't making games for PCs as much anymore. Anyways, let's move away from... They don't make it for the iPad. Oh, dude! Yeah, more games on iPad, okay? Whoever's listening, make it happen. I, I love PC. Man, I love my freaking iPad. Games on the iPad are awesome. Okay, uh, let's move on to Battlestar Galactica. We've kind of touched on this a little bit as news has come out here and there. But there was a, a fantastic interview that was with Jen Wergen um, from Big Point Games, where they asked a whole bunch of questions about the game, where they're heading. Now, what I liked about it is that it wasn't all um, the technical aspects of the game being a free-to-play browser-based MMO and and the, the engine that they're going to be using, which is Unity Engine, but that a lot of it was about what they're planning with the game as... In terms of the storylines, the staying true to the IP and things like that, um, and it it it's making me want to play this game. It looks fantastic. Did either of you get a chance to look at this? Uh, Nobody cares. Ahead, I've been talking too much already. No, no, it's 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 okay. I'm. I don't <laughs> you, know. I, you don't care about this at all. It's it looks good, but there's still stills. You know what I mean? But it's stills from in-game footage. So yeah. it's not yeah, like I it's can... a prettyified thing. And again, the, how pretty it is does not have an impact what I mean, on... What I mean is, okay, you can have an amazing still of a game that looks like it's polished and it looks like you know it's got everything you want. Uh, we can look at a lot of the games from the East that are trying to transfer over to the West and have that. Um, but without actually seeing how the game itself is interacting, I'm reserving judgment. It, this has definitely got my interest peak, however. Um, it looks a lot better than I had originally assumed it was going to be. Um, but what I'm looking for, what I'm waiting for is gameplay footage. That's what I want. I want to see it in actual use. Well, and, see, I want to see gameplay footage, not just of the ship combat, but as well the third person, avatar. Third person stuff. Yes. That's something that, again, like look at, we don't have to look any further than Star Trek Online to see how the, it feels that, that on the, the, the away missions feel like they were tacked on at the end kind of thing. And I really hope that that's not what this is going to feel like as well. Well, my, my thing when it comes to this game and, just like you guys, I, I want to see more. But they asked some questions about the universe that the game is going to be played in. Like, okay, the TV show took place on on the Galactica, you know, on one or two other ships, on a small handful of planets. How are you going to expand upon that for a gameplay experience? Like, oh, well, we have some plans and, you know, we, we've been in touch with the creators and they've given us some ideas. Well, I want to see those ideas before I I sign on to this mission. Just in addition to that, I love Battlestar Galactica. It was a solid experience. I loved every minute of it up until the last half hour of the series finale, but we'll set that aside. <laughs> <laughs> I don't necessarily want anymore. Really? I'm happy with what I've got. Yeah, I, I don't need them to, at least in my opinion, needlessly expand upon it for... Like I said, just just for me, I, I'm happy with what I've got because, OK, you have a game. A game needs gameplay, obviously more action driven. Well, the best parts of Galactica weren't the action. They were the drama. So I'm perfectly happy not having any more action and sticking with the drama they've already given me in the franchise. Now, on the other hand, if they can give me like they've hinted at the huge ship to ship combat when you've got Galactica 
battling it out with one of the Cylon motherships. Eh, I'll, I'll try it out. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's not really something that that's grabbed a hold of me thus far. Okay. Um, we also got a little bit of news from uh, the fine folks at Terra via, uh, via an interview with uh, Terra Hispano with Jason Brother Magneto Miguel. Awesome middle name. How do you come up <laughs> yes. with one of those? Um, for the most part, the interview didn't have too much um, that, that you know we hadn't already heard of or whatever. But it was interesting how, especially I, I, what I took from this was when they were talking about the one weapon per class kind of thing, where you were going to be restricted to one weapon based on your class and they're saying how that may be something that they change later on but it really didn't sound like it that i mean again depending on what kind of class you are then like a case in point like a healer you're not going to care as much but part of other mmos is the fun of being able to have a multitude of weapons for your class and then you can choose whatever you want kind of thing this is really going to feel somewhat restrictive i don't know what you guys feel it doesn't bother me that much. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, playing my enhancement shaman, I know I'm going to be dual wielding, you know, axes or hammers or what have you. But essentially, it's just, it's cosmetic. What does it matter if I've got two axes or two hammers? So it doesn't affect me that much. Like, yeah, while it's nice to have that variety, you know, as long as they make the various, you know, battle axes look good, I don't, I don't have an issue with it. Now, we did get a awesome screenshot here too that kind of shows off the ui yes i was just about to gonna, comment on that yeah i've got it here so folks can look at it it's a very very nice clean clear ui as well i don't know how much they're going to be allowing us to mod that change the look of it i who knows if they even will or not but even just based on what we're seeing here i i kind of like it myself to be perfectly honest this is very similar to how i have my ui set up uh, and pretty much every game that allows me to modify my UI, minus that overlay map. Uh, but very simple, very clean. Everything is moved uh, out from the center of the screen so I can see what's going on. Um, I really like it. I like how it's just how it looks right off the bat. Um, I also like that the action bars are transparent when they're not. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I mean, obviously, there's the frames there, but I mean, so many other games that allow you additional a action bars, including uh, Age of Conan, uh, it's it's opaque. You cannot see through it at all. Um, so it's, it's, it's just kind of this blotch on your screen that has no business being there. But this is just, it's clean, it's elegant, it's simple. I, if this is how it is, I'm probably not going to have to mod the damn thing at all. I'll be perfectly happy. What I like too is that, again, going back to those action bars, is if you guys can look at that and not this avatar's ass, um, is that it's just the bars. It's none of the extra art crap that they put on either side. That's one of the things that I found with Lord of the Rings was absolutely terrible. They had so much junk there. All I wanted was the bars. And this does that. I really like that a lot. Okay, let's uh, move on from there. The only other thing that we were going to discuss, and we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, was Red Dead, Red Dead Redemption did announce a whole bunch of DLC that's going to be coming for um, the game. And it's going to involve, like, there's quite a bit here. They've announced their plans. And we got, what, five, I believe they said? No, four. Yeah, four. In 
including, of course, zombies. A game can't be a game without zombies nowadays, apparently. The, the zombie one is absolutely hysterical to me. Um, there's, a, as you know, this game has been plagued by a bunch of various bugs and, and rumors and myths and things like that. One of the coolest bugs I've ever seen is there's an early mission where you're helping uh, one of the characters essentially rob a grave. Um, and yeah, as you're pulling off in the cart, if you if you happen to get this bug, the bodies stand up. <laughs> <laughs> The, the bodies are actually, you know, decaying with the flies coming out and the worms moving through them. But it's reacting to the bumps in the road. It's staring at you. Um, when you get out of it, they hop down out of the cart. They just stand there and stare at you. So it was kind of interesting to see how a bug, uh, a, a bug that was plagued both systems, the 360 and the PS3, is essentially getting turned into downloadable <laughs> content that's going to be used in the game. And it's interesting enough because it's the same damn graveyard, too. So, I mean, I thought that was actually really nifty to take a lemon and turn it into lemonade for them. Um, I love the liars and cheats pack. I think that's awesome. Um, I think that they're, they're really uh, pushing uh, that aspect of the game that I was talking about earlier, where players are playing this game for these mini games um, where they're making multiplayer liars, dice and poker, um, which is awesome. Kind of a big deal, uh, you know, for, for to be able to sit there with, you know, seven other people or so, and, or, or however many people can even fit at a poker table in the game. I don't know what they're going to make the maximum limit and, and just play poker with your friends while shooting the shit. I mean, it's not the same thing as being in the same room, but for my friends out in California, that's, that's a, that might be better for me and, you know, playing with them. So you know what? Cool. Let me put it to you this way. Based on that alone, I would buy the game. I would buy the game just to be able to play poker with people from all over the place in that setting. I think that would be phenomenal. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about, too, is the free roam, which the free roam pack, which is going to be released later with uh, we don't know the price. The free roam is how they have their lobby set up. You can go anywhere in the game uh, and just do stuff with your friends. And the lobby is the entire game world. All the towns, all the NPCs, um, random events that occur are still there. Um, there are bandit hideouts that you can go clear out. And it's nice to see that they are expanding um, all of that free roam uh, for with new action, action areas, with defensive placements, uh, a new posse scoring with, system with, leader, with leaderboards, um, new anti-griefing measures. Um, that are being put into the free room to keep people from really getting harassed that much in just the lobby. Um, it's kind of interesting because they're making the lobby in a game in and of itself. And I kind of really like that. Um, I also like the fact that they're expanding the multiplayer in general, uh, the Legends and Killers pack, uh, which we're going to see fairly, fairly soon uh, with nine new multiplayer maps, which, you know, does more than double the amount of multiplayer uh, competitive maps we have right now, which while the games are fun, you get the same maps over and over and over again. There's not a whole lot of variety. Uh, there's new multiplayer characters being added in various amounts uh, of the DLC. So you don't have to just pick from like, you know, Mexicans or soldiers or, you know, bandits, you know, you have other stuff like that. Um, they're allowing players to play as characters from Red Dead, Re Red Dead Revolver, uh, which was the original game for the PlayStation 2, <laughs> which was a ton of fun. Um, so I, I like the fact that the downloadable content is actually expanding the game. It's not just there for token, you know, downloadable content. Oh, look, we have it too. It's we're actually going to give you stuff that you people are going to use. So I'm really excited about this. Really, really excited about this. Vince, are you planning on picking this up anytime soon? No, I've 
sworn off open world games just because <laughs> I never even come remotely close to finishing them. <laughs> Both of you guys are, are my friends on Xbox Live. Look at my gamer score for Oblivion. <laughs> I've played that game for like 50 hours and I've got, <laughs> I've got nothing done. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah, uh, no open world games for me. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, with that, we're going to call it a wrap for tonight. Thanks to everybody in the live audience who came and joined Oops. us. And we will see you guys again next week on Monday at 6.45 p.m. Take care. This is Kirby with the Handheld Minute with a review for Final Fantasy Tactics Advance 2. This is an old, old game. This was released back in June of 2008. So I'm turning back the clocks and to look at great games of yesteryear. It's probably something I'll do maybe once a month, depending upon releases and such like that. Tactics, true to its name, is a Square Enix tactical RPG game. There are seven different races and about a dozen different classes you can play, and you can acquire up to 24 characters. Races are limited to each class they can acquire, and several unique NPCs provide classes only they can be. Each character can have a main class and a subclass. They are allowed to switch freely between these classes outside of the normal combat mode. They are also allowed to pick a reaction skill and a passive skill. All skills in the game are learned from various weapons and armor found in the game. Weapons, armors, and items can be acquired through combat or by trading parts you gain in battle. Combat is simple to pick up, and the turn-based component to this game allows you to, the time to plan out your attacks and the placement of your units. Location does provide its benefits, as being behind the enemy increases the chance to hit, and taking the high ground has its advantages also. Each battle will also include an ability that is forbidden, and as a reward for not using these abilities listed, you can gain a benefit, which can be anything from gaining additional skill points to adjusting combat mechanics to your favor. Usually you'll find me using the abilities to let me learn skills faster. Unless during boss fights where I normally pick up those speed boosts. These benefit for fights can be earned by fighting in clan test. And based upon the difficulty and the type of test, you'll gain new privileges. These are normally straightforward tests, but can be frustrating. Personally, I almost screamed out in rage as one of my characters critted and caused me to fail. The storyline places you as this young child, whom when he decides to write in a book he found in a library, he's teleported to the world of Ivalis. There he is forced to join a clan in order to protect his life from a crushatrice that the clan was hunting. Later he finds the book, titled A Grimoire, in the game and realizes it's recording his activities in Ivalis. In hopes to finish the Grimoire and send himself home, he goes out to search and experience this new world to fill his personal journal. Final Fantasy Tactics A2 is a longtime favorite of mine, and if you missed it, go out and hunt for it and pick it up. Currently, I've seen prices for about $20 for this two-year-old title. Next week, I expect a review for Dragon Quest IX, a game I'm hoping to pick up this week. This has been Kirby with the Handheld Minute. Good day.
Malagad, you can hate us all you want. <laughs> we didn't get into the beta. <laughs> there's there's other people in North America that got into it, but we did not. Otherwise, I would gladly accept that hate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would I would boast about it. I would wear a little a lapel pin that says so much. <laughs> I got into the beta. Haha, <laughs> you dumb bastards. But you know what? The... I cannot wait for the end of zombies. All right, I've I've had it with the zombies now. At this point, it's like it's, there's no end in sight. Learn to Google. Hey, numbnuts! I haven't brought you in yet, and I don't have to. Freaking Joe, man, he gets pretty lippy when he's in the chat room. You gonna answer this time? Are you? Huh? Huh? Are you? you dumb bastard. And still playing Dragon Quest. Oh yeah. <laughs> I just got a gold ring. Go me. Aren't you precious? I actually took the day off of work tomorrow so I can finish up and catch up. <laughs> That's dedication. <laughs> I'm not even joking. It's a mental health day. Are I'm you playing, y'all, for Christ's yeah. sake? It's the pre-show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, then. You think you got the game on loud enough there, Numbnuts? I nope. can go louder. <laughs> Sounds like a very manly game. Oh, absolutely. You should see my angel wings. I'm disgusted because I just recently bought the goddamn game and I didn't pay a lot. I mean, it was 10 bucks. I think it was that that was a sale at the $10 one. But still. $10 for all the expansions yeah. and a free month. Yeah. So it wasn't a huge deal. But even then, it's like, Jesus Christ, I just bought this and look at what the, what's going on. <laughs> Is this then like Jen actually listening right now? She <laughs> I said, come join us in the chat room in my last Twitter. She said she read, come join us in the bathroom. And she said, and the funny thing is, I wasn't even surprised. <laughs> <laughs> what does that say about us? Or what does that say uh, about her? <laughs> Screw it, I'm just going to retweet yours. <laughs> what he said. There. <laughs> <laughs> I concur. Yeah. Everybody retweet Joe's tweet. Wow. River Tam and the fire Fireflies. <laughs> it's everybody from Firefly. <laughs> Sweet Lord, please email me that link. That is so awesome. I almost bought the print. You can actually this is in like a gallery in LA right now. <laughs> so they had a, a pop culture and that. art and uh and it's there and uh, yeah they, well it was uh what's her name uh, felicia day sent the link to nathan Fino on twitter and he his reply was that nobody had captured ever captured his likeness quite like this <laughs> that would be him playing the banjo there so yeah i i i came very very close to buying a print of this i love it so much it's awesome I love some of the random IM messages I get from Rick. It's like, bro, yo, bro, my legs hurt, bro. And then like nothing else. <laughs> hey, listen. I tell you the old man, he could be a slave driver though. Yeah, I'm way behind on that too. <laughs> I'm back. Hey. Don't start that there podcast without me. Quick, who? Stop talking shit. A boot? I've <laughs> never said that. Never. This is true. I'm actually fairly impressed. The, the That's only because time it's a true. stereotype. 
Yeah, well, it's I not have two true. Canadians. I have two Canadian raiders in my guild that do that rather frequently. Well, it depends on where they're from too. If you're more from the East Coast, then yeah, you will. But <laughs> not here. The only time I've heard it come through is when you do one of your dudes. Dude. <laughs> it's like, oh, dude. <laughs> All I know is I think my favorite Canadian stereotype actually came from the show How I Met Your Mother, where uh, Robin runs in behind, like, into the back of a like, Canadian guy, and he turns around, oh, sorry, didn't yep. see you there. Yeah. <laughs> that actually is true. <laughs> <laughs> For the most part, we're polite. I've noticed that. And you have hell happened to you. I don't know. I may not have been born here. I don't know. It's possible. <laughs> Secretly, I'm an American. Oh, oh, oh boy. <laughs> poor bastard. <laughs> All right, well, I wouldn't have been really prepared for that, but okay. <laughs> oh, 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 Mister, that I'm always prepared. Yes, I read everything. I did read everything. I was he read place. all the titles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at that! Uh, they played that. They played the Inquisitor. Okay, Vince, did you read this? Yeah. Okay. Of course. All right, then you do it. You I can rely on. I, I'm beginning to realize I can rely on Vince for a lot. Vince does not let me down, actually. It's because he's got nothing else in his life. Unlike other people. This, this oh, listen true. to this guy. He's got a <laughs> girlfriend on the West Coast, and all of a sudden now he's, oh, my God. I've got no time for nothing else. Yeah, I, mean, I, I got no job, no life, no nothing, right? Yes. Oh, that's right. I do. <laughs> <laughs> River Tam and the Fireflies. <laughs> <laughs> and for Tart, I only said the Mass Effects because I was talking about the Mass Effect games. I wasn't. It wasn't the Mass uh, Effect. Like we don't do that anyway. It's fine. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Fucking Joe Rick. <laughs> Bastard. <laughs> he makes us all sound like inbred idiots now. <sighs> One hour sale, <laughs> freaking bastards! <laughs> awesome. I'm gonna play dress up in Dragon Quest. You're gonna play dress up in real life, you damn queen. Oh, okay, quick, just real quick. <laughs> in Dragon Quest, how you can you know choose your outfits and customize your character. If you pick a cool enough outfit when you enter battle, you'll actually stun the enemy with your style. <laughs> That's hilarious and so Japanese. <laughs> All right, no better way to end than that, I guess.